Good evening. One more time. Good evening. Good evening. And I'll probably throughout the evening say good morning a few times also. So uh, not necessarily used to speaking in the evenings like this to a group of people like this. Um, I'm still confused who you are and what you're doing. So I'm going to ask all the campers to stand if you, if you would. If you're here as a camper, please rise to your feet. Okay, so that means the rest of you live here. Okay, you may be seated. When we, uh, when we go to Heritage Bible School once a year, we always tell the students, we hope you're not here to find partners, but if you do find somebody here, it's a good place to find someone. Ask Starlo. It works. But I'm a little bit shamed to say what I'm going to say next, but I'm not sure it's a good thing to go to a nursing home to find a partner. <laughs> no, I assume you are not here to find partners. I hope you're not here to find partners. Because we're going to talk about that some too. I think sometimes us in the Mennonite world have our focus totally confused about finding a partner that we have our young men and women desiring to find a partner so bad that they run in front of God and trying to find a partner. Don't forget that. It might not be your will. It might not be God's will that you have a partner. Okay, so when Tyler sent me the list of what he wanted me to pre speak about, I kind of struggle, and I, 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 I kind of struggle with doing a PowerPoint on a short weekend like this. Because to a certain extent, when you study and you do a PowerPoint, you've got to kind of follow the PowerPoint. So if God all of a sudden leads me somewhere else, and I just close the computer and go, I hope you're okay with that. Because I want to go where God wants us to go. And that's one thing I want to stress with you. Every one of you is here for a spe specific reason. It's not because I'm standing here. But thousands of years ago, God knew that you're going to be here today. And he knew I'm going to speak. And sometimes I wish it wouldn't have to be that way. But it is. When I look at this group of people, these young men and women, I see something beautiful. And you guys have to face the facts. There's a huge percentage of you, if you continue in the steps that you are in, are going to be here sometime and doing what I am doing. So is it important to live all in? Absolutely. Now, you campers... Who's, what's the youngest age of a camper that's here? 17? What's the oldest age of a camper that's here? 22? I saw somebody say 22. Okay. So I assume, and I, and I asked I ask, uh, Tyler that. I said, what's the age group that I'm going to be talking to? And he did allude to that fact. The top was maybe a little bit lower. But... I don't want to, and, I, and I'm assuming that you have not wasted those years. But there's also a good chance that things have happened in your life that created you 
to where you're at now, be that good or be that bad. Ada and I are on the board in a counseling center at home. And we have to be real. Us Mennonites have to start being real. That Satan is just as strong, and if not stronger, with us than anybody else. We're going to expose Marlon. Here, I don't know, was it 10 years ago? Marlon and I were, grew up with each other. We're like brothers. And our, Marlon and I never had a whole lot of conflicts. We've always seen eye to eye. Until one thing in our life, and he probably never even remembers what it was. But a certain minister in our community fell to the depths of despair and committed some sins with other women. And I had just been young ordained and Marlon walks up to me and he says, how in the world can a man of God do something like that? And I said, no, no, wait a minute. Who do you think we are that we are better than you? Has it ever dawned on you that we were on our, when we were on our knees and the charge was given to us as ministers when the, hand, when, our, when the hands were laid on us and they prayed for us and gave us that charge that Satan was watching? And he said, that's the guy I want. If I can get him, I can get all these people around me. Around him. So what I'm telling you in this group, you have a tremendous opportunity here in this facility. There's people watching you. And the world is finding out that our Mennonite and Amish shelter shell is not as great as we think it is. And it's time we've got to quit performing and be who we are and get things behind us and get it into the open and talking about it. So, in a nutshell, all in. Can you all stand? Can you all raise your hands as high as you can, both of them? Now, we're not getting charismatic. We're just raising our hands as high as we can. Now, everybody give me another inch. See, not one of you obeyed what I told you the first time. You may all sit. Very seldom does any of us really give it all we've got the first time around. There's always more. And, and I want you to know that when, when, when I am speaking and what God has laid on my heart, it's not just for you. It's for me too. To live all in. We started a new business as a family and we built a new shop and things are crazy. We're busy and I know that the business is not my focus, but yet to get it up and running, I want it to support me to be free. I know, Ada and I know that our calling is young people. When I sit at a coffee shop with a young man that is struggling sexually, if we sit at a coffee shop talking with a young couple that is struggling, I have, I have high blood pressure. I'm on blood pressure medication. I know it. I can feel it. My heart never goes crazy when I'm sitting and doing what I'm doing right now. I know it's God's calling that we touch young men's hearts and young women's hearts. Ed and I prayed, and sometimes we look at each other and say, why did we pray the way we did? 
We prayed that God would give us tender hearts so we can see hurting hearts before the people know they're hurting. And God did it. It's not always fun, but we know that God has placed us where he wants us to be. <clears throat> All in. <clears throat> all in. Not just all in, but your whole life. As we go through this weekend, I want you to look back in this and put a stake in your life and say, from here on out, it's 100%. I'm just going to, and, and as we go through this weekend, I don't want it just to be me speaking up here. I'm going to ask questions, and please do not be shy. Just blurt them. If we're going through the weekend and I say something that you do not understand, you just stop me and tell me, sir, I don't get it. And we'll see what we can do about it. If through the, week, if through the weekend we're doing something and, and you, you feel that you need help immediately, just get up and walk out that door. I know there's Marlon here, there's Leonard here, there's numerous of different people who will just go out and start talking with you. Because we've got to quit hiding things. The Bible is very plain about hiding things. He wants us to be out in the world and quit being lukewarm. He's that plain about it. What do, just real quick, just don't even wait on your terms. What does it mean to be all in to you? Just pop, uh, just say it. Surrendered. Everything. Everything. Fully, committed. Fully committed. Peace. Peace. Living intentional. Living intentional. I like that. I really like that. Obedience. Obedience. Distraction, free. Distraction free. Contentment. Okay, do that again. Complete servant. Complete Thank you. Not being selfish. Focused. Focused. All good ones. None of them were wrong. Thank you. In Google, <laughs> um, sometimes I think we'd all look at the IT man back there and tell him, ah, he's probably the smartest guy here. But sometimes I tend to differ because Google actually just makes us dumb. We can't find something, you just, boop, there it is. Don't even have to think. You don't remember where you got it, it's just there. So Google says it's an all-inclusive, including everything. How many of you ever have went on a cruise? Just a few. How many of you want to go on a cruise? <laughs> and I, and when I, every time that I Google and every time that I'm looking at cruises, I, I want to go so bad that... Um, but sometimes I'm, I'm a little bit worried. If you see the shape of me, you probably all know why I want to go. All-inclusive. <laughs> Buffets. All you can eat. It's there. So is our Christian life. You have the biggest buffet in life right in front of you. And I'm going to warn you from, from now till Sunday afternoon, you're going to be so sick and tired of me hearing, saying exactly what you said. you got to read the Bible. Now, I kind of wish you would have done it a little bit differently. I wish you wouldn't have put those notes on our phones. Because 
I'm just old school enough. If you're having your devotions on your phones, and we're going to talk about that more, I don't like it. Actually, I hate it. There's way too much on this thing to use it as a Bible. Get it? We'll talk about that later. It also says in a way that shows a lot of determination and a willingness to take a big risk in order to achieve something. Get it? In a way that shows a lot of determination and a willingness to take a big risk in order to achieve something. We can't just go through life and do what we want to do. That's not what God wants from us. He wants us to take risks. Completely committed to or very much in favor of something. The next picture I'm going to show you, possibly some of you might know him. Can we, can some of the lights somehow be, does any of you know him? The Heritage Bible School people probably do. Um, There you go. Perfect. This is Mitch Martin. And I'm not necessarily condoning what he's doing. That's not my point. But when I saw these pictures, I texted him and I said, hey, sir, can, I, uh, can you send me some pictures? I'd like to use them this weekend. And if you know Mitch Martin, he was like, yeah, here they are. <laughs> he's very passionate. And if he does something, he does it to the T. This is, is him running a um, Spartan race. Um, it's the, at the way last, if you see it, there's barbed wires across the top. He's crawling out of the mud hole. And he was saying that every step he was taking, it was at the end of the race, which these races are um, two, 10 kilometers, which is 6.2 miles. And, th and this was at the very last. He said every step he took, every time he raised his knee, his legs would, would cramp. He was so tired. But he did it in 2.49 miles, uh, for two, point, two and a half hours, basically, no, just about three. And it was at the Blue Mountain Ski Resort. And he said, right off the bat, he said, we ran all the way up to the top of the mountain. And he said, we ran all the way down to the backside of the mountain, turned around and ran all the way back up to the mountain again. Tons of elevation. So my point is, if Mitch, if Mitch just decided he's going to do it and just, I mean, I mean, any of you guys, I don't, I don't care how many of you are really tough. If you just decide you're going to do that tomorrow morning, you might need to feel my blood pressure medication pills before you do it or something because it's not going to work. But he gave it all he had. It was, it was all in. And, and, and I, I, in our community the other night, Ed and I were at a, a community event, and I looked over my shoulder, and I saw something that just scared me. And there's a good chance in this group of people that we have, the large group that we have, there's a good chance that one of you might decide to go down this road. I looked around, and there was a young man that used to go to school with some of our children, and he was sitting with 
a lady that was not closely from any Mennonite background. And I watched him for a little bit, watched him for a little bit, and I quite see you soon saw this is not just a friend. All in for the rest of your life, and we're going to talk about that a little later too. Um, why? Why do we need to be all in? Why? Somebody. Why do we need to be all in? God wants all of us. God wants all of us. You're right. I'm just going to stop there because that's it. So you're exactly right. God wants all of us. And what is why? It's kind of interesting. When I was studying, I said just, I Googled why. The definition of why. For what reason or purpose? Why? And you're right, it's all for the audience of one. Um, if you have your Bibles, turn to Acts 17. And, and, and I want to lay the foundation a little bit for you guys that um, I don't want you to... Okay. If there's any time this weekend that you feel that I am coming across, that I am talking down to you, or that I am making you feel bad... That's not my intentions. That's not what I want to do. What I want to create this weekend is a safe haven for you to be able to go to somebody and talk about that why. It's not worth it to hide it. You need to talk about the why. And we're going to talk in, in a couple minutes. We're going to talk about the why in a different way. But obviously, ladies... I'm not going to talk to you. I mean, I might, I'll talk to you, but don't start spitting stuff to me that I don't want to hear because I'm going to run. But my wife is great. Ada is great with young women. If you have something on your heart you want to share, go to Ada. Go to Ruth. Go to, I don't know the other women in here, but share, share, share. We have to quit hiding things. We have to be open about it. Acts 17. So what I want to do a little bit right now is just creating a platform of, of, of quit the struggling. Quit. Just, just give it up. Because God has the answers to everything. Acts 17 verses 24 through 34. God made the world and all the things therein, seeing that he is Lord of heaven and earth and dwelleth not in temples made with hands. Neither is worship with men's hands as though... Hang on. I'm going to switch to NLT. I hope nobody's offended to that. He, that. he is the God who made the world and everything in it. Since he is the Lord of heaven and earth, he doesn't live in man-made temples. And human can't, hands cannot serve his needs, for he has no needs. He, giveth him, he himself gives life and breath to everything, and he satisfies every need. From one man he created all the nations throughout the whole earth. He decided beforehand when they should rise and fall, and he determined their boundaries. His purpose was for the nations to seek after God and perhaps feel their, feel their way toward him and find him. Though he is not far, far from any of us, for in him we live and move and exist. As some of your own poets have said, we are his offspring. And since this is true, we, should, we shouldn't think of God as an idol, designed by craftsmen for gold or silver or stone. God overlooked people's ignorance about these things in earlier times, but now he commands everyone everywhere to repent of their sins and to turn to him. 
For he has set a day for judging the world with justice, but by the man he has appointed. And he proved to everyone who this is by raising him from the dead. When they heard Paul speak about the resurrection of the dead, some laughed in contempt, but others said, we want to hear more about this later. Then ended Paul's, that ended Paul's discussion with them, but some joined him and became believers. Among them were Dionysius, a member of the council, a woman named Demarius, and others with them. So, I know, if you're here and you're struggling with something, there's things that happen in your life that, that, that are uncontrollable. It happened. And they form us, and we're going to talk about that tomorrow night. But I want to lay the foundation that in this chapter, we don't need to. I know that's easier said than done, and it's not fair. Some of us struggle with some things. Aiden and I went through a lot. I went through a lot when I was a young boy. But I'm pretty sure there's probably people in here that have went through things way worse than I, what, what we went through. But Satan wants you to hide them. The longer you hide them, the taller the walls, the taller the walls, the thicker the walls, the thicker the walls, the harder to break. We need to talk about things. We need to get it out in the open. And you need to listen to God's calling. So let's go through Acts, what we just read. In verse 24, God made everything. Very obviously, he doesn't need us. And sometimes I think in the, medium, in the, in the, in the Mennonite world, we get things for hoodled. We think, we, we think God needs us. And we live our lives in light of that. It's called a performance Christianity, and we've got to quit performing. What's the first thing that comes to your mind when you think about performance? Acting stage, you're correct. I love those two. When I think about performance, I think about a movie star being something that he is not to make us feel good. You get it? The movie stars, and sometimes when you have little children growing up and you're watching a movie, and all of a sudden you, 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 you're watching the little children, and you look at them, and you say, you, you have to tell them, no, no, this is not real. And some of us grown men sit there and cry when something happens. I want to move. I'm trying not to, but it happens. In, I don't know where you're from. I don't know what your background is, but I know that in our background growing up, it was I want to say this respectfully. We do a good job in making somebody believe something regardless of what happened behind them. And we don't let people feel. Aid and I really struggled with that one time in our lives. I would come home and I would be sharing something and saying how something happened. And, and Ada would say, well, he didn't mean it that way. I was sharing a feeling, or vice versa. I would do the same thing to her. I'm getting off track. God made everything. You don't have to struggle. You can take it to the foot of the cross, and you can lay it there, and he will help you carry it. God has no needs. We do not need to perform for him. He is almighty. He created the whole earth. Um, 
I had to think the other night we were sitting around the uh, fire there with some of the youth that had come to our house to make firewood in it afterwards. And all of a sudden, about three of them were like, what was that? And I had my back turned to it, so I couldn't see it. But there was a meteor that shot through the sky. I mean, very seldom do you see a falling star that more than one person sees it. This was like three or four of them were like, it had a tail. And they were like, somewhere there's going to be a hole in the earth. But God knew it. Fall. That's how powerful God is. We can capture that through him. It is not, your life is not in your control. We had a, young, a man in, a, in our community who, who um, sold his business for millions of dollars. Millions of dollars. And, you know, you kind of you tend to look at that man and you think, well, why, why not me? But here just about six months ago, all of a sudden it turns up that his wife has a major brain tumor. Major. It, by the time that they knew it and by the time that she had found out what it was, she was losing mobility skills, she was losing, her brain was changing, she was turning into a different person. You get what I'm saying? If you're sitting here and your number one goal is, obviously I don't think you are, get this group of people, if you're thinking that you want to be a millionaire somewhere, you're not going to be working at Hillcrest, and I understand that, but yet there might be some young people up here who might be thinking that. If God doesn't want you to have a business, you're not going to have one. If you're going to try and be bullheaded, you're probably going to be in trouble. You're not in control. We are not in control. Verse 27, we were made to seek him. We were made to be, in, be, be, be with him, to seek him. In verse 28, in him, should be our, in, in him should be our walk of life. We should be living our lives as that we were in him. And it says in there that in him is where we find our victory. We are his offspring. When I looked at this, I stopped and I stared and I just dropped my head. If you look at your 17 years, your 19 years, 22 years, are you happy, proud of your life in light of being his offspring? Verses 30 and 31 he has unconditional love. He created, and I always tell young men this, or anybody that goes through our instruction class, I said, you know, God has unconditional love. Us here on this earth cannot have truly unconditional love to the point where God does. God created heaven, God created earth. So he has the plan there for us. And it's in that verse, verses 30 and 31, look at it. He created that plan, so now he can step back and say, here's your plan. And he can unconditionally love us. I, think, I know that probably some of you are hanging your heads and not quietly, totally agreeing with me on that. But do you really think that God loves us less if we do something wrong? I don't think he does. Because the plan is there. He knows that we know if we continue down that road, plan is there. He can unconditionally love us. We can't. If I see something in your life, it's my calling to tap you on your shoulder and say, hey, do you know where you're going? Do you know what you're doing? Do you know who you're hurting with the way you're living your life? 
God doesn't have to do that because that plan is there. He created heaven and he created hell. And I, I, do, I do want to. If I am the rest of you guys that are here that are older than me, younger than me, if I am spreading something across the pulpit that is not backed by scripture, I do want to know it. I'm not saying that what we decipher, what I decipher, cannot be wrong. That's, and it's not my intention to, to bring something that is, is not backed by Scripture. The sad part about it in verse 32 and 33, he says, not all will believe. I hope and I pray and I beg and I plead that in 20 years from now, this group, if the, if the, if the earth stands that long, that this group can get together and we are all still walking the path that God has for us. There's a good chance there might not be. So this brings us to Psalms 3, 5 through 7. Trust in the Lord with all thine heart and lean not unto thy own understanding. In all thy ways acknowledge him and he shall direct thy paths. Be not wise in thine own eyes. Fear the Lord and depart from evil. Here it is again. He says, quit trying to figure everything out. Just trust me and follow me. We're going to switch gears on the why now. What is your why? Do you get that? What is your why? A lot of times when people are hurting, when people are struggling, they have a why. Why this? Why that? And the reason I bring this out is because if you don't understand your why, if you don't get to the bottom of your why, if you don't decipher that why, if you just continue keeping that why in your heart and not sharing that why with somebody, the freedom is not going to be there. And you will not be able to be what this, this next video is. I will not worship that. We follow you. We Bow your heads! And seek your presence. With all my heart, I follow you. I fear you. I seek your presence. Bring them! Oh, my friends. Your faith will be tested now. Daniel! What's wrong with them? Why will your friends not bow to me? I assure you, sire, they will serve you faithfully. 
all their lives, as I will, but... But... But they won't only worship God. I will make them bow. We seek your presence. With all our heart, we follow you. We seek your presence. When we wish to bend something that is hard and unyielding, what do we do with it? We put it into the fire. Majesty, take him. And we seek your presence. Burn them! Majesty, no! Burn them! What? No! Bring oil! Come! Come! Fire! Bring me fire! Hear my cry. The cords of death entangle me. The anguish of the grave consumes me. Do not ignore my tears. I am overcome by sorrow. I call upon the name of the Lord. Lord, save me! I don't know what went, went through your mind as you were watching this, but I think the, the, the biggest thing to me was when everybody's bowed and everything was quiet and those three men were standing out in the middle of nowhere. Could they not just have kneeled and said, Jesus, forgive us, but we're not going. We just can't handle this. No. They stood up. I want you to think about your lives in the last 17, 18 years. When have you stood up to that point? I can dare say not one of us that is in here has any struggles that can match up to what we just saw. Most of us don't even have the nerve to stand up in our own youth groups when a dirty joke is being said or a movie is being watched that shouldn't be watched 
These men were your age. How many of you could be this? If you're, if you're I don't know, if you can't see. I, you can see the dust in front of them. What is that? You can see the way they're laying. That something happened. But they were willing to do it for the sake of Jesus Christ because they were all in. They did not keep one little area of their heart where they kept pornography in there, where they kept a romance story in their one side of their heart. They don't want they didn't they didn't have that. If you have that in your heart and you want to keep it there so you can medicate yourself with it, that's not all in. But I also understand a lot of circumstances in life have brought to you, that have been brought to you, created who you are. We need to be all in 24-7. It's not just when it's a little bit like the guy that was falling off of a roof and he was praying to God and God, please help me. And he slid down over the roof and all of a sudden a nail caught one of his hip pockets and he said, never mind, God. That's not what all in is. So we're going to talk a little bit about the plan for you. God has a plan for you. God has a plan for you. We talked about that a little bit here ago. And Marlon and I were talking about this a little bit the other day. Sometimes this is a little bit hard. And some of, our, some of my stuff is going to... It, it was kind of hard for me to, to just take this and have one evening and get it over with. So some of these things are going to tie into each other. and We're going to talk more about them a little bit later. God has a plan for you. Um, I always have, I, I know this is not... I know this is... Not biblical. But God has a plan for you. I always think that there's a place in heaven for every one of us. And there's a blueprint. If you look at my desk, on the side of my desk, I took a bunch of PVC pipes about that long. And there's some small ones, some big ones. And I glued them together and they're sticking under my desk and I painted them gray. And it's full of blueprints. And sometimes I think that's how heaven looked. There's a tube for every one of us. And there's a name on there, and our blueprint is in that tube. But the struggle is, is that we cannot see that blueprint. We have to have that faith as we walk through life. So when we draw things up, designer sends us pictures, and we draw it up. And we'll send that picture out. Um, we send it out for approvals. If you have a good designer that understands furniture, it's pretty easy. But every once in a while, we get them back and they look like this. What she really wanted isn't even really what's there anymore. And all those little red things that are on there are things that we have to change. And I sometimes think that that, that, that is how we walk through life. That we, we get so intended on who we are and what we want to do that we forget that maybe we should be asking God, well, well uh, 
might be a red line on this one. And we'll talk a little bit more on that Sunday about knowing that we are in God's plan. I want you to think about leaning on relationships. And we're going to talk just a little bit about technology. I don't want to talk a lot about technology because you all know and you've heard it at every youth seminar you went through for the last five years. But I'm going to touch on it. Our cell phones, technology, are creating havoc with us to the point where Americans, uh, Surgeon General, they had him on Moody Radio the other morning, and I was listening to him. And they have, they, they, United States has come out and said, we have a pandemic of loneliness. There's an article online, if you Google Surgeon Army, uh, Surgeon General, American Surgeon General, and loneliness pandemic, it will pop up. There's a big, long article there. And face the facts, cell phones are robbing us. Now, you've done pretty good. I've been watching you, and there's not a whole lot of cell phones out there when you guys are together, but yet, every once in a while, you see a guy or a girl by itself looking at a cell phone. How many of you have went to town for dinner and seen a couple having a date, and they're both looking at the phones? We all have. Do you see it? Guy's holding a cell phone and it's intertwined into his hand. Facebook, Instagram, it's all there. I'm not saying they're not, they're not okay. I'm not going to go into what our family does and what our family doesn't. You can ask me afterwards. I don't want to put anybody on a spot. But I don't think if we, would, if we would go to our forefathers, and sometimes I think us Mennonites are so proud that we don't have a TV, and I'm not for a TV, get me right, but yet every one of us has one in our pocket. And we let it come in so blindedly that we now don't know what to do with it. And I want to challenge you in light of this. I did a time study probably 10 years ago, when I was my last year on, on the school board, I did a time study because I had to have a uh, devotional at the end of the year program. And I did a time study and I just took, I don't know, I took maybe 50 years and I just plugged in, if you do this, you do this, you, get, you spend this much time in prayer, you spend this much time in going to church and going to school, going to your job and family time. And here two years ago in Bible school, I pulled this survey out and I looked at it and I was like, Ay, ay, ay. There's nothing in there for the cell phone. So I started typing in there and I started, well, everybody got three hours and said, no, I can't do that. Why couldn't I do that? Why could I not just add three hours to my time study? Somebody. Come on, IT guy. No, you're exactly right. I couldn't just add three hours of cell phone time because I had to rob somebody from that three hours of time. Relationships are going down the tube if we don't change 
what a real relationship is. Facebook, you don't like somebody, bleep, boop, unfollow. Get them out of my way. Lean on relationships. I encourage you to read Proverbs. Proverbs is so great. There is so much in it. And sometimes I just can't believe that Proverbs is not in the New Testament. Proverbs is set up to read it once a month because there's 30, 31 chapters in there. You can read one chapter a day. Proverbs is so full of wisdom. It's unbelievable. And I think we skip it. We miss it because it's in the Old, in the, in the Old Testament. Proverbs 29.1. Whoever stubbornly refuses to accept criticism will suddenly be destroyed beyond recovery. Whew. Supper's at eight. All for the audience of one. I'm going to challenge us, and we're going to talk about this on Sunday a little bit. Being a Christian in the world that we, in, that we are in to me right now is kind of a blanket statement. Am I fair saying that? When you walk up to somebody in the street and you look at them and you say, how are you doing? And you present to them, I'm a Christian. 95% of the people will look at you and say, so am I. But I challenge you, are you a disciple? It's this simple. That's the man that we're living for. This is our church. This is our vision. Our vision has no words. This is our vision. This picture is behind our pulpit. Our lead pastor gets it out, puts it on the front of the pulpit numerous different times. This is what we are living for. And that is the truth, what he is doing. If you are struggling, and if you are the depths of despair, my prayer, Ada's prayer, is that through this week, sometimes you could feel that. Because he can. His arms of love are real. And if you are struggling, I beg and plead that you would start praying that that man would enter your life and make you feel his arms of love. I have one more song that I want to play. Then I am done. And I'm going to turn the time back over to Leonard. Who has the power to raise the dead?